Hello everyone, welcome to our last episode with Art Possible Ohio's Black History Month interviews. I'm so blessed and so grateful to have had the chance to interview so many wonderful artists. Um, It's been an amazing journey. I literally got a chance to talk to four different people from different backgrounds and different uh, creative aspects and they were all so different yet each story was so amazing and so glad to listen to. so if you want to see their artwork, we are having our Art Possible Ohio Showcase April 1st, our AE show at Maslin, Ohio at Maslin Museum. So you can come out and see their artwork and just get a chance to meet the artist potentially as well. And this, this will be an annual show, so um, it'll run year round. So our first stop is in Maslin, but it'll travel throughout Ohio. So if you can't see it in Maslin, um, it'll be in Columbus. Um, and I think Springfield and different places across the state. So you won't be able to miss out. It's a year long show, so you have plenty of time. Um, But for this last episode I'm interviewing today, his name, uh, the the interviewee I'm interviewing, oh God, is Luke Cooper. Luke is Mari Cooper's brother. And I interviewed Mari last week, so I'm interviewing her brother, Luke, who's also a painter and a designer. He wants to go to CCAD for interior architecture. And a lot of his paintings are very geometrical, uh, lots of lines, depth, color theory going on. And they're all so just unique in their own way. But um yeah so in this episode you'll meet get a chance to hear luke and meet him he is a self-taught artist inspired to paint by the principles of architecture and more specifically the idea of how you feel as your eyes drift around the structure of a painting so i cannot wait for you to hear luke's story and yeah thank you for listening so far I have today with me Luke Cooper. Um, he is Mari Cooper's brother, and I had Mari on the show last week. Um, and he's also a painter and an artist as well. He's currently a senior at his school and plans to go to CCD next fall. Um, I think majoring in painting, right? Or interior. And sorry, I don't know why it's painting. <laughs> Interior, he just, he just told me that too. Interior architecture, I'm so sorry. I don't know why. I thought I, I think I saw a painting. I thought painting. Yeah. Um, <laughs> just told me. Yeah, yeah, he did just tell me. But I will let him talk about, you know, his hobbies, where he's from, and a little bit about who he is as an artist and a person. I'm from Columbus, Ohio, just like Marielle. And I just have a lot of fun painting. Like ever since 2019, when I saw her start, I was like, hey, I can do that too. So I just tried, and I liked where I went. And so since then, I just, like, my mom, our mom, she's very supportive, really helped us get out there, get our paintings out there. Like, Franklin Park Conservatory was the first one that I got, and I got that award over there for it. Got some recognition in my first commission, and it was really exciting to just put art out there and get it sold mm-hmm. and then that's where I really started taking off and just kept going with it and keeping momentum that that's, is, really... that's so good um I think the hardest thing for me as an artist is like knowing how to price my work 
I don't really know how much my hourly worth is. Like it could be 18 an hour or 10 an hour, 20 an hour, but I'm still learning about how to price myself and I don't I don't believe in like hourly wage. I believe in like paying for effort. So I I'm still in like that gray area of like okay how much do I charge for this painting? I think right now I do it based on size. So how do you price your work? Yeah, size and just how good it looks. Like if I'm sending it out there and I'm like, I don't like this one, I wouldn't buy it personally. I go lower than I would otherwise. And yeah, like when I like something, like the one over there, I just yeah, way higher based on marketability, I mm. guess. Mm -hmm. And like I once saw an art piece selling for three thousand, three hundred thousand dollars. You did? Like an entire house? Yes. You did? Yeah. No, I didn't. Oh. I didn't. I wouldn't. Oh, oh, oh. But I saw someone do that, and I it didn't make sense to me. Uh. But I mean, yeah, hourly, it like a lot of effort. Maybe he just didn't want it to sell, but maybe he just really, you know, all that worth into it. Because you just put something out there, and you're like, I love this. Oh. This is how much it's worth. Mm. And yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm still the same way. I just like I think for me, I usually price my stuff before I start painting. So like recently I had a project where I work with the school and they're painting like a pastel piece for my mother. And the piece was like only 19 by 24, so it wasn't too big, but I had to price it before I painted. So I had to like, at the school now, how much I need to charge them, and then like buy materials and stuff too. And I think I priced it like around like $900 total. Um, but that which is based on materials and then based upon, because um, I, I, I was teaching kids too, what I was doing. So like I had to teach kids as well as like, finish a piece myself so I was pricing it based on working with children buying materials and then the piece itself and so that's how we price it but I think when I'm doing an individual piece on my own without any kind of help or like working with kids I'm still like I don't know so I think I have to just like learn over time um so my next question for you is that I do know that you're an artist who has ADD so if you want to explain what that is let the audience know that'd be really good attention deficit disorder that's what ADD is and my it's attention deficit I guess I just my focus my attention it just sort of growing up I noticed it would drift around I would get behind because I was just I mean sometimes I just stare at walls and think of things and then when I snap out of it I don't even know what I was thinking about yeah. I just but it went up all into my head thinking about like mostly it was imaginary stories going on and oh I had these books that I started making at, at church like we had three-hour services where I would just sit there and crawl under the chair being all feral like a little kid does and I just my mom gave me these books these empty little books with white pages and out of crayon I just made a story called the clone something and it was really juvenile i spelled most things wrong i just saw it last week up there and i just you just have to word out say it how it sounds and then it starts kind of making sense but it was yeah last week when i was looking at it i just saw what my young mind came up with and i was like oh this 
sucks. This sucks? Yeah, it was, it's horrible. But How old were you? I was like 10 maybe. Okay, well then Max. I don't think it sucks. You were just younger. I was, but I, <laughs> I was five. Okay. Not 10. Yeah, I wasn't doing that. Okay. So, are your parents artists too, or just you and Mari? Not really mm. the same way we are. I, my dad did a painting before when he was really young, and my mom, she does scripts. She's into that kind of stuff. Okay. I was wondering, because I'm like, you guys are both really good painters. I didn't know if your parents were both painters too, or if they were creative in their own way, but... So where do you think your artistic abilities come from? <laughs> like, I don't know, I just feel like you guys are both so, like, creative. So, like, where does this, where does all, all this talent, where's it source? Source. Yeah. Uh, well, I know I, ever since I was young, I just, I was into building things, like mm. architecture, houses with good curb appeal and all that. And it just sort of translates, like, when you're moving through a space, and there's one hallway that leads to the door that you enter from and another hallway leading into the, like, the living room. Like, when you have like a, like a T-shaped hall mm. and you're walking down there, at the end, I just learned like, if you have art there that draws your eye towards one side, it's gonna flow more nicely. Like, like the composition, the way your eye draws, like if it's drawing your eye towards the hall that leads to the living room, that's it just feels right mm. rather than towards just a dead end mm. yeah. I didn't think about combining I mean I know architecture is like art because you're creating something out of nothing but I didn't think about how visual art can be a big factor in that too like I guess when I go like in your house for instance I walk in your house I see of course different rooms but each room is different because it has different paintings in there and then I feel like a painting can lead your eye to a certain room more than a, more than a different room. So like, for instance, when I walk in your house, I see in your living room. Is this a living room or is this like a this is room? sitting room? Sitting room. <laughs> Old dining room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see like tons of paintings. And my fur, my eye went here. It could have went to your, like your hall, like towards your kitchen. But I saw in my peripheral vision instead. I saw your paintings, and my eye was like more drawn to this area. So that makes sense. I think about interior design in that way too. Mm. So. Um, do you think that painting helps your ADD in any kind of way? Yes. Okay. It's like, instead of drifting off thinking about imaginary stories, I just sort of hyper-focus on whatever I'm doing. Like, like once I get the momentum, I can keep going. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I do find myself sketching out the next painting while I'm at school. But it's just... It's not, I, I just like doing it, and it gives me a goal at the end of every day, like a focus, that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this. Mm. I'm going to see how these colors look together. And then, like, I grab a painting, put it into a photo editor, ship the colors around, like the hues, just to see what other colors on that same, like, distance from each other on the spectrum work together. And it just helps me stay moving. Okay. I see what you mean. That makes sense. Um, 
I was gonna ask you, oh yeah, color theory. So have you taken color theory in class yet? No. You were in college. I took it once when I was in school. I think it's part of your like prerequisites. But color theory, it's like looking at colors and figuring out how they play and bounce off each other. So for instance, what about like the primary colors and how they made different colors and how those made different colors and it just goes on and on and on. But it also gives you an idea of how like you know, certain colors can make other colors look um, like dueler or more vibrant. I think it's really cool. It's like a kind of like a science behind it. But we talked about color spectrum, I thought about color theory and how it's really interesting and it does keep you in this constant loop of like what can be done next over and over again. Um, so what's their diagnosis story of um, ADD? And also, so my dad, he has ADHD. So what is that? compared to ADD. Do you know or you don't know? It's okay ADHD. if you don't. ADHD. No, I don't know that much. <laughs> I think ADHD. I could be wrong. I think it's attention deficit hyper disorder, but I could be wrong. But I, I think I've heard of ADHD more than I have heard of ADD. Yeah. I'm not sure why. Yeah, that's... Me too. I, I don't know the difference. <laughs> me either. But um, what's your diagnosis story with ADD? My story? Well... I sort of started slumping in class, if I recall correctly, and my parents were like, we need to figure out what's going on. They had a general idea with the way I just jumped around all the place at home, off of the couches, and just was a little fuddy-duddy, I don't know how to describe it. But then I went to a doctor, Judith Cameron, and I just kept going there and describing what I was what was going on and that's where they landed <laughs> oh how old were you when this happened I was maybe hmm, that was before that so seven five six seven eight nine ten I've got those little photos over there when I was a little guy oh I think back then like 2015 14. Oh my, when were you born? 2005. Oh, five? Yes. I don't know why that seems so like recent to me. I was born in 98. Oh, <laughs> what, long, what, what is this? So, do you think there's like a certain stigma around having ADD at all? Uh, well, seeing as how we know what ADHD, but not really ADD, mm. I don't think anyone thinks about ADD. I know I, I didn't. I yeah. still don't. It just doesn't register. But I know it's sort of shapes how I how I move around in everyday life. How is that? It's I just know that when there's something I don't want to do, I just need to start now mm. rather than do anything else that I because I just once I start I I can it gets easier as I go. Okay. And yeah, it's. I, I don't do it most of the time, to be honest, but when I do stop myself from drifting anywhere, mm -hmm. I just. It's tunnel vision, <laughs> what needs to happen. And, I, yeah, I still have homework right now mm -hmm. that I haven't done. <laughs> So like you procrastinate a lot then, or yeah, that that's the 
part, a little part. A little part. Um, so did you have any shame around your, I mean, you were seven years old when you were diagnosed, so did you understand what it was back then at all? No, I just knew I had to take pills and I was like, no, I hate pills. I don't Mm. want pills. I just never really, I faked taking them at the start. I just, off to the side, I just act like I take them, but it's actually in my cheek. And when they look away, I just. (laughs) You threw the trash can. Yeah, they'd find it there. I just hit it in random places. Like when we remodeled uh-huh. recently, we found them everywhere. Like underneath, tr- like pots and in the kitchen cabinets, <laughs> plates. That's actually pretty smart. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie to you. Um, I think for me, it's like I can swallow like vitamin pills, and those those are big pills. Like fish oil is huge. I could swallow those when I was younger. I hated swallowing pills too. I don't know what it was. I think because you think you're gonna choke when you take them, even yeah. though you don't. But like in your mind, it's like you think you're gonna like fall out and die taking a pill, but it's not gonna yeah. kill you. Um, so I understand that completely. So um, about your painting, what do you like to paint the most? I see you're into shapes, right? Like mm-hmm. geometric shapes, squares, things like that. So do you paint outside of that? Like do you paint landscapes at all or like portraits? I have been wanting to do a portrait, and yeah, I do. I do landscapes and a bit of still lives. Mm. But this art style, right? Like the cubes and all that. It's. I've been told it's sort of like a corporate feel. Okay. Very sellable, and I just paint what I personally would like to buy. And when I'm like, I would never buy that for maybe, but maybe twenty dollars. Like when it's that sort of deal, like, eh, I tend to paint over it with something that I just b- want to buy. Yeah, yeah. Are you a perfectionist? Yes. I can tell you are. <laughs> I can tell. <laughs> I'm like, it's funny because um, I'm the same way with my paintings. If they don't look good, I want to like throw them away. I want to get rid of them. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I do finish ones that I'm like not the be- not the most fond of, I tend to lack in the area of display. So my next question for you was, do you just close your ADD to like your school or your, do you you work or anything? No, not at the moment. I did have a summer job at Columbus Zoo. Mm. So did you just close about your ADD? No. Oh, you just chose not to? No, I I never just say, hey, hi, I'm Luke. I have ADD and then explain (laughs) what it is. No one knows what it is yeah so i just operate normally Mm. keep it on the low it's just there yeah i like that though i feel like a lot of the times um i think when like i apply for a job i'll put on there like oh i have this like where it says we have disability but like i don't always say it but i feel like we need a disability that's like invisible sometimes it can be something that like you have the option to hide, and I feel like hiding disabilities can be in a way, I don't want to say a good thing or a bad thing, but I do think you kind of like do yourself a disservice and don't like put it out there like, oh, I have this, like people don't ask you questions. Like I guess with me, like I clutter, so people tend to ask me to like slow down when I'm talking, but I'm like, I literally can't because my brain works so fast sometimes. So I think for me, like putting on paper or telling someone on my job, oh, I have this, it gives them better understanding of like, sometimes I can't do 
or say what they want me to say at the moment because my brain is just going so fast. But I don't really know for you because you don't have clutter and you have ADHD. So that's why I asked you. Um, and then one of my last questions for you, how can society do a better job of creating environments that are easier for neurological disorders to adapt to? Easier for neurological. So what can society do better to make it easier with a neurological yeah. disorder? So like if you had the option to run for president and you were like, okay, everyone who has ADD or ADHD, I'm going to do this for you. What would that be to like make their lives easier? Or your life easier? My life easier. I've never thought about that. What could I do to make life easier for me? I mean, well, as president, <laughs> <laughs> well, not just <laughs> to make life easier for me, I just maybe start testing younger just so. I, you know, like, mm. I got this. Mm. This is what I got. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to have to deal with that. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. I think you're right about that. I feel like, um, from what I was, so I've done a previous interviews for you about people, like young black men who have different disorders and stuff. And they always say, like, I wish I was tested earlier. Because they feel like if they had that at age like four and five, they could have gotten extra support earlier in school and, you know, in other, other environments. Because they feel like they kind of have to catch up, you know, at certain aspects of like their disability. And I know I had an interview with um, a young man who has autism. And he was saying a lot of the people that he knows who were um, on the spectrum didn't get diagnosed until they were like in their teens. And they spent their entire lives feeling different and alone. They didn't know why until they got it diagnosed. And they found out, oh, this is what I have. Okay, now I know I have to do this. Rather than like always have to guess, okay, why do I act this way? Or why do I feel this way all the time? And I do think that it's a problem for just young black people who like, they're not taken seriously in terms of the mental health world and the disability world. It's like they're always getting tested last or um, their behaviors are seen as like, you know, challenges in the classroom rather than actual disability. So I think that that was a good answer. Getting tested younger is a really good response. So did you want to say anything else about your artwork while we're talking about, you know, you and your creative background experiences? Well, not much I can think of other than... <laughs> well, I started with the fingertip style. I just stumbled across it out of frustration because I was... It was like 2019, I was first starting my artistic journey and I was trying to paint some house mm -hmm. with like a car in front of it in a road and it was on fire and reflecting into the road. But I was going through the process of laying out the shapes and I was like, this is the ugliest thing I've seen in a while. So I just smeared the paint everywhere and just smeared it and poured water on it and poured water off of it and then I just tapped my fingers across it and left <laughs> and then my mom saw it and she's like oh it's beautiful and I was like what no I'm gonna paint over that later and she's like no don't paint over it uh -huh. we keep this one yeah, yeah, yeah and then I realized down the road when it was just hanging on the wall there in the living room next to the couch I'm like, oh, I see why 
She wanted to keep that. that so it's, it's here? Not anymore. It's sold. Oh, really? How much? $400. See, you wanted to paint over that and you made money off that painting you thought was so ugly? Yeah. Oh my gosh. That is actually a great story. So the finger painting method, is that like just smearing paint? Like tapping. Oh, okay. And just getting those little dots everywhere. Yeah. Did you make that for the Art Possible show this year? Oh, I feel yeah. like your painting is the, I saw like, it was green, right? The Yeah. yeah. It was the finger method? Yes. Okay. I noticed that. I like that a lot. Oh, that's really pretty you. colors. Thank you. You're when, welcome. Whenever I've told people like, well, well that specific one, I didn't like it either. Oh. But I told people that and they're like, no, this is good. And yeah. It's, yeah. It's changing the way I look at things. That's great. I, um, I wish I could paint like you in terms of like artistic style because I paint a lot of realistic stuff and I just can't get into painting abstract the way I want to. Like I do mixed media, like I'll put collage of like different materials in my painting. But when it comes to painting like shapes, like what you did with this one, which I think is gorgeous, I I could do it. I just don't know how. Like I would probably put on their squares, but I wouldn't know what to do with those squares besides like keeping my squares. But I really like how yours incorporate um, you know, rectangles and squares, but you also put in there, is that spray paint or no paint stripping? Yes. But it's not, is it spray paint too? It's a spray bottle with that's, water in it. That's, oh, okay. Yeah. See, that's smart. I, would, I wouldn't think of that. So I think your style is amazing. And guys, I know you can't see his paintings. I'll try and have them up on the website, but um, they're really beautiful. And do you have a website people can buy your stuff off or an Instagram page? Not yet. Oh, I have an Instagram page. Okay. Yes. What's your Instagram name? LP Cooper Art. Okay, that's LP Cooper Art. And are you on Facebook too or just Instagram? Just Instagram. Oh, you're not a Facebook person? Guess you're too young for Facebook. Too young. But anyway, Luke, I will, I'm going to say thank you so much for editing with me. Your story is really cool. And you're a really good painter. Thank you. You're welcome. All right, I'm going to pause this.